go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on Open Mic Friday, June the 9th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and what I enjoy doing right now is taking a look at emails that are sent to lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. And when we take a look at these emails, we attempt to answer them. So here's the first email for today. Dear Pastor Baker, I was wondering if you have some sort of business card or something that I could give people when I talk to them about the Lord and then tell them about your radio show so that they can learn more. That would be very helpful. I'm always telling people in person and online about your show. We need to get more listeners, as many as we can get. Well, let me answer that first question. I have an email, I'm sorry, a website. It's uh, lawandgospel101.com. And one of the items at the top is about contacting us And when you go there, you'll learn about me. Now, what you can do is you can actually print a part of that out on your computer, make copies of it, and give that to people. It indicates the congregations I've served, as well as listening to KFUO, how to get to it. You know, all they need to know is KFUO dot org www.kfuo.org and they can listen plus there is an archive section to get older programs so going on with the email we need to get more listeners as many as we can get i have been inviting people to our church as well so many are so confused and hurting and need to have the comfort from the gospel every day. I was sharing the fact that God does not judge us by our good works, but if we have faith in Christ, we are saved. The woman I was talking to lost a son and has been troubled that he isn't with the Lord because he had gotten involved in drugs before his death. I told her it wasn't about being sinless, because who of us are sinless? That we sin in thought, word, and deed by what we do and by what we don't do every day. She really brightened up. I told her, if her son knew his taking drugs was wrong and a sin, and yet he still had faith in Christ, then he would be in heaven. That it's not our good works, but his gift that gets us in heaven. Her pastor couldn't even give her any comfort. How sad. We have some great listeners. And what this particular woman was reemphasizing is if we think about 
the sin that our children did, we're going to be worried. But if they did believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if they knew what they were doing was a sin, and they just had a habit they couldn't kick, it's quite possible that they repented of this and heaven is their home. I've always said, when you get to heaven, you're going to have three surprises. The first one is that you're going to have people there you didn't think would have made it because salvation is by grace through faith. The second surprise is there may be an absence of people that you thought would make it. There, there are a lot of religious people, but they are not Christian. They're of different denominations. They may even follow a worship service, but their God isn't Jesus Christ. And the third surprise you're going to get is that you're there. Because how do we feel that we're good enough to get to heaven? None of us are. But God takes sinners to heaven who trust in his son, Jesus Christ, for their salvation. All right, next email. And this is from Bill. And he had children write out prayers or what they would pray about. The email begins, I know usually it's out there. This is refreshing. Prayers by children. Dear God, I went to this wedding and they kissed right in church. Is that okay? Well, what a good question. But you see, at a wedding, when they are pronounced husband and wife, they often do kiss each other. And that is fine. That shows a binding between them that God has put in place. Next letter from Nan. I bet it is very hard for you to love all of everybody in the whole world. There are only four people in our family, and I can never do it. Boy, that, that's a really good statement. If you think you love your own family to the level that you're supposed to, then you have misunderstood the law. Yes, we try and love them, but we often get angry or upset at our brothers and sisters because they seem to get more than we have or the parents really look on them more than they look at us. Who, who knows the reason? I, I really like this one from Joyce. Dear God, thank you for my baby brother. But what I prayed for was a puppy. So she wanted a dog and instead got a baby brother. Well, we pray that as the two of them grow up together, they can become 
very much in love with one another. And I've seen that in our grandkids who one's a sister, one's a brother. And it shows so very much how much as they grow older, they really depend on each other. Next email. Thank you so much for discussing with me on Open Line Friday. On God using everything to our benefit, and he's quoting Romans 8, 28, all things work together for our good. Yes, he does. We know from Scripture that he detests sin. So even with Romans, we have to conclude that he would far prefer to accomplish his will without our sin. On trying to figure out how God is using these things that go wrong in our life, it is indeed intriguing to speculate at times. But I am reminded of God's response to Job when questioned, why? And God says, where were you when I laid the foundations? I really appreciate having been able to talk about the perfect faith that God has given to us. It has been a rock to me, knowing that the faith that he gave me can always be relied on, especially in the past couple of years. Now, I want to explain how we talk about faith. Faith is relying on the promises of the gospel. What, what is that? Well, it's the difference between law and gospel. When you hear the law, you hear what is conditional. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will love your neighbor. I, I see this on a lot of church signs, the front of them. They're, they're not gospel, but they're law. But because they sound like gospel, these pastors, many of whom are not Lutheran, think that it's a good thing to have on the sign. Uh, one sign said, forgive one another. Another sign said, well, do the will of God. It always will work out for your best. And it was so sad to see so many of these signs not proclaiming the wonderful message of Jesus Christ, but proclaiming the law as though hearing the law will make you different. Yes, going on to the email. We pray that God will strengthen and increase us in with the one true faith because he's talking about us. What God accomplishes in me and not about the faith that he has given me. Some may call it semantics or even confuse our understanding that we are asking God to strengthen and increase our faith. Thank you again for your program, Pastor Baker. And that was from Texas. Now, 
what's the point that the email writer is making is, yes, we love to have our faith increased, but that faith is simply trust in the promises of God, specifically the promises of the Holy Gospel. And therefore, it's important to understand that what we're really asking God to do for us is to make us rely more and more on his promises rather than in, on our good works, thinking thereby that God really likes us. We also receive photographs every now and then. This one, subject, being a mother. For the truly faithful, no miracle is necessary. For those who doubt, no miracle is sufficient. Boy, that's really good. That, that is shown throughout the Bible. When people are healed, they are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, who can stop wind and wave on a stormy sea except God himself? But look how many times Jesus did miracles, such as the feeding of the 5,000, and they still doubted. They did not recognize who he truly was. They thought he was a bread king and followed him. Now, in this email, she also says, somebody said being a mother is boring. And then she writes this, that somebody never rode in a car driven by a teenager with a driver's permit. And she has a picture of a little boy behind a steering wheel. He doesn't look to be much more than five years old. But that's how she imagines when her son is trying to drive a car with a learner's permit. You know, being a mother is not boring. And it has a lot of gifts. I mean, all of us love our mothers, but some of us have had mothers that we know not only are going to be in heaven, but certainly led us on the right direction. Another email. Hi, Pastor Tom. Just wanted to ask that you pray for a man named Brian that I have been talking to about the Lord. He is a believer but very confused about faith. He really needs some help. He goes to a church that doesn't believe in original sin, doesn't believe in creeds, or that denominations are correct. When I shared with him Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, that's the passage we're saved by grace through faith so that we do not boast. He basically said, that it wasn't faith that was a gift, but grace was. Well, we need to make a distinction here between grace and faith. There's no doubt that all the gifts we get from God 
on the basis of his grace. And what does grace mean? Well, if God were only a God of justice, then you would always get what you deserve. That's what's found in every other religion in the world. You get what you deserve. And therefore, when tragedy happens in your life, you try and think, what did I do to deserve this? When, remember, Elijah raised the widow's son who had died. When the son died, she wondered, am I getting paid back for the sins that I have done? That's a normal reaction. And we need to understand that God allows grief and suffering in order to help us. How can that be? Well, have you not had parents who discipline you? That's grief and suffering. They do that because they enjoy punishing you? No, they do it because they desire to help you. It reminds us also of that passage in 2 Corinthians where Paul says, boy, I could really boast because I have had visions of paradise that nobody else has had. In fact, these visions are so tremendous that I can't even put into words what I've seen. Now, I explain that by saying that with our human minds we have here on earth, we cannot discern the depth of God's thinking. We can discern it enough to be saved through faith. But when we get to heaven, there are going to be many understandings that we are to be given. Remember how God regards us right now. He regards us as children when we read the Bible, as he says, desire the sincere milk of the word. So we're kind of like a little baby. And I've said this before. When my grandchildren needed a bottle of milk, I didn't go up to them when they were a few months old and say, would you like regular milk, pasteurized milk, buttermilk, or chocolate milk? And what temperature do you want it at? No. You just get the milk ready in the bottle, give it to the child, and they drink it down. They don't need to explain. Yet when we get to heaven we're going to not only understand what paradise is like, but we're going to have a new mind that will be able to understand many things of God. I often joke around that when I get to heaven, I'm going to go to Gabriel's booth of unanswered questions because I've got a few hundred of them that the Bible doesn't answer. And the number one question will be, why are some saved and not others? But the more I think about it, with a new mind that I get in heaven, perhaps I will not be interested in answer to those questions because I'll either know them or not care that much about it. Not when you come face to face eternally with the face of Jesus. Next email. Hi, Tom. 
Uh, you're probably not going to remember me, but I was on one or two of the tennis teams that you coached at the seminary back in the 80s. I've enjoyed your show and occasionally your website, and I miss the workouts on the tennis courts. Now, let, let me say a little bit about that. I'm not that good a tennis player, but I understand that at a seminary level, and we would play other schools, the way you win is how you think rather than how well you play. For example, every time I played a person who was overweight, I continued to lob the tennis ball back into his court and make him run from side to side. Oh, I may have lost the first set, but he was too tired during the second and third sets. And I also, there was that little program watching tennis on those wonderful little computer machines. And I would have them play because it got them thinking, this is just not enough to hit the ball back. But where you hit the ball makes a difference. So I enjoyed coaching tennis. He continues, I'm on the LCMS roster as a candidate. That means he's had sufficient training to become a pastor, but hasn't been called to a congregation. I was doing a lot of bivocational type ministry in a state before I came back to St. Louis. But since I've been here, there doesn't seem to be the need for my type of ministry. My question is not so much law and gospel, but more on the doctrine of ministry. Is there a place for bivocation ministries in the LCMS, especially in the Missouri district? If so, how does one position himself to work in that capacity? And then he signs his letter. Well, anybody who's interested in doing work for the church, I would suggest to them there is one person that they should be calling and getting in touch with. And that is what we call the district president. There are 35 districts in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. One of them is the state of Missouri. And I often will get something from the district president requesting help in a certain area. And he's the one to talk to and say, well, here's what I would like to do. Is there somewhere this can be done? And he might even alert you to a congregation that is willing to do that. So, Always contact the leaders in your area. All right, next email. Hi, Pastor Tom. I work during your program, so listening is now a premium. Well, our program is archived. You simply go to 
Law and Gospel, and you take a look at the archive section, live programs, and they have a number of programs I have done that you can listen to. And they really do a great job in keeping up with them. So I would encourage you. Next email. Saw this church sign in a church at Indiana. Don't wait until the 11th hour to repent. You might die at 1030. Well, that's obviously law. And people say, well, okay, I'll repent just in case I might die. But that would be kind of unfortunate because you can't make yourself repent. You need to read the scripture. John the baptizer was so successful because he spoke the Bible, indicated to people what was proper behavior, what was improper. That is a message that needs to get out right now in the United States of America because so many people have decided to live improper, immoral lives. And we don't want anybody not to go to heaven. So share with them that wonderful message. That's what KFUO is all about, sharing a message with those who have these questions. So on Monday's Law and Gospel, we'll be taking a look at one of the assigned readings for the following Sunday and examining it from a law and gospel point of view. For when you understand law and gospel, the Bible opens up. Until Monday then, I'm Pastor Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.